really drink Moxie, dude? Yeah, I love Moxie. <laughs> oh my god. He's Stop one lying. of those. Stop He's lying. the guy. He's the guy I that love likes me it. some Moxie. Do you need me to <laughs> get you playing. a can? Stop playing. You do not like Moxie. You want like me to Moxie. get you a goddamn can to prove no. that I love this shit? No, I don't want... Shotgun a Moxie right now to start the show. I might get oh god, I can't shotgun a soda. That <laughs> shit like burns my throat. You're performing self-harm on Twitch. You can't do that. <laughs> I'll do what the fuck I want, Drew. <laughs> Drew, Ew. can we can we get like some VTuber programs and put <laughs> <laughs> My VTuber will be the Moxie guy, just out of spite. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. It's Yo, very we fancy. Should, honestly, I think we would get a better like random set of people coming into the stream if one of you guys i'm not pointing fingers but greg gets a hot tub at his new house and we do what's called a hot tub stream uh i know you guys aren't as up and savvy on the twitch streaming as i am but right now it is a huge deal like if you are a good looking girl and you get in a hot tub and just hang out in it you get shitloads of money now on Twitch. It's like the well, new not metal. only th not oh, only Twitch that, streaming. we get to hang out in a hot tub, and I I fucking love a hot. Tub. So look, if we just dress up real sexy, look, you Greg, know, get a hot tub, okay? Just three <laughs> hunky dudes in some sexy outfits in a hot tub together. I mean, we'll get some we'll get some fucking big gold chains to wear in the hot tub, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like you know, it where we... this is going. I just know my budget is not quite there yet. <laughs> look. It's it's a it's an investment, you know what I mean? Like he's a, he's he's about to be making a lot of investments. <laughs> yeah, but this is probably going to be the one that you'll get the most turnaround on the fastest. That's true. You know That's what I mean? True. Yeah, Drew. As I'm not sure you if you know. It. I think Bryce knows, but uh, dude, I'm going to be a dad. So you definitely need to get this hot tub because you're getting <laughs> a lot of diaper money, guys. <laughs> ah, shit! My mic tipped. All right, there we go. Congratulations on you, Greg, for Well, you it. fucking, you blew my whole opening. I had a whole thing. Congratulations. You found volume six of the Rock of Shame podcast. The backlog busting, deep diving music podcast where we discover something new every single week. I am your host, the bad boy Bryce Reed. I am joined by the baby maker, Greg Plord. It true, it me. <laughs> And of course, the stream daddy Drew Peak is also joining us here. Drew, I'm sorry. I would I would give you a baby related name, but you're not having a baby, so that's all right. I'm just gonna get myself a hot tub and just become a hot tub streamer. What up, chat? Hot tub daddy. I like that. I like hot that. Hot tub daddy. The hot tub streamer. <laughs> hot tub Drewski. You gotta change that thick boy. Yeah. If you're uh, new to the show, let me give you the good news. This is the most disorganized opening we've done so far. Uh, I also forgot we were recording for like five minutes, and then I saw the recording <laughs> up on the Riverside. I'm like, oh, shit. Each week, these three naughty boys and sometimes guests select a musical group we've never really listened to, and we spend the whole week immersing ourselves in their art, their culture, and the world of that artist, only to return here the following week and tell you all about it. You can listen along with us us and join our brand new discord community at tinyurl.com slash rock of shame whoop whoop discord 
the Discord's popping over there. A lot of fun friends over at the Discord. A lot of great conversations, but uh, can only be improved by more members over there, more people hanging out at the party. Uh, if you've never used Discord before, it's a wonderful central hub for our community where we discuss great music uh, and and uh, movies and whatever we want to talk about all day, uh, every single day. Uh, kind of a mix between an internet forum and a group chat with your friends. Uh, we're all there having a party, talking about music. Come and join us. Uh, get your invite to our Discord server, tinyurl.com slash shame. That's the place to be. Um, it's- yeah. I gotta go check it out. Sounds yeah, Drew, awesome. you do. Yeah, Drew, you do. Uh- <laughs> Sorry, I'm so I'm so busy just sweating my ass off in other people's discords playing Valorant. But you know what? Yeah, sure. I sure. think it's time that we start nerding out on some music in the Discord <laughs> for Rocket Shade, baby. <laughs> Music is better when you share it, and so is this podcast. Share us on Facebook. Tell your friends. Tweet us at Rock of Shame, uh, and you can watch us record the show live every Tuesday night over at twitch.tv slash thickboydrewski, spelled the obnoxious way. Uh, more importantly for now, just subscribe. You know, if you're on Apple and you can do the, the ratings and review thing, go ahead and do that. That does help the show. But subscribe and be with us here every week and tell your friends on any plat- uh, platform that you use. It doesn't matter. Uh, listen along with us every week. That's all we care about is the people tuning into the show, having a good time with us, uh, and and an interesting time with us other weeks. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some new music um, because a lot of new music came out this week. Um, let's start with Drew because I think maybe Greg and I will share a lot here. Anything new? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> <I've> been, <laughs> I really like. I'm about to do some deep diving on some house music hunting tonight because I've been like. I've been kind of lacking on that too. Like I've been like digging through. You just started a new job and stuff too, though. Yeah, that's true. And I also that Moderna whooped my ass last week. Holy shit! But man, I feel great now. Like I feel like like freer than like I feel as free as I did in 2019. So Mm -hmm. still a slave to the country, you know. Well, you still got another two weeks to wait, but yeah. Yeah. Right. I need to wait those two weeks. Right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it's exciting though, man. Like, I'm glad that I'm going to be able to plan a Florida trip of debauchery maybe this summer and like go do some outdoorsy activities with congregations of people, possibly as long as it's safe enough to do so. It's fun, mm-hmm. man. I'm stoked. So, but yeah, like it whooped my ass though. And I was like sick as a dog for my second shot. And I was like out of commission and had to make up a lot of stuff and like work and all that shit. So not a lot of music for me. <laughs> We're definitely on the back half of it. This was the first week where um, uh, 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 an event went up uh, with tickets that I was like, oh, maybe I could do that reasonably. Um, <laughs> with Andrew WK announcing for September in Boston. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll go and do that. Um, whereas previously, anytime anyone has talked about buying tickets in the last fucking year and a half, I've been like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> it's, congratulations. You've just bought uh, a rolling postponement. Uh, I hope you're down with that. Um, Greg, well, is there, uh, there that European tour thing too? That's like finally coming back. Like it's like green day. 
Uh, oh yeah, the, the ball boy yeah. and Weezer. I think that yeah. was postponed again. Oh really? From what, from what I saw, I think it was. Wow. Maybe maybe it was just the maybe it was just the North American leg of it, but I think the European one in might Europe, be going they back. can still do it. Yeah, which is fucking yeah. hilarious because it's like, <laughs> hey, we got to go play in this place that fucking followed all the protocols that you were supposed to follow. <laughs> and America, you're still kind of fucking. You're beat. Fuck you, America. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, took you long enough, you dipshits, but you still have to wait. <laughs> Literally, like, we just have to miss out on Nostalgia Fest fucking 2021, it looks like. Uh, I mean. Look, look, yeah. paying more and getting less is just what we do here, okay? So. Right, exactly. <laughs> we got a lot of music to talk about. Uh, yes, should we, we talk do. about that Boston's record first? Um, I will talk about a couple other ones here first. Because um, okay. I know that you and I will share a few different okay. ones here um but shout outs to a couple of different singles that came out it sounds like a uh, modest mouse is finally coming out with another record um the new single is we are between which mm-hmm. i thought was pretty interesting as a bit more psychedelic a bit more dynamic than anything that came off the last comeback record of theirs um <laughs> so i'm kind of interested to see where the new direction's going uh, Lil Sims came out with another single for her record uh, called Woman that um, is really solid. Uh, Lil Sims is just an absolute goddamn lyricist on the mic, so check her out. Uh, Rise Against came out with a new single for their new record uh, called The Numbers, in which is probably the first time I've heard them like super energetic and excited or exciting sounding again since their last record, the last record I wasn't too impressed with. But this one is kind of getting me more intrigued. Um, and a couple other records that came out um, that aren't the Boston's one. Uh, the new Weezer record, Van Weezer, I thought was decent. It, it's a fun, stupid, cheesy, uh, kind of 80s inspired uh, metal record with some with the obvious Weezer power pop formula. And of course, with Rivers Cuomo, you have those river isms with the lyrics. But, I mean, it's a fun, stupid little record. So if you like the 80s-sounding Van Halen, Kiss-inspired, hard stadium rock sound, it's going to be something you probably enjoy. I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I still liked Weezer's uh, OK Human record from January. I think that one was much more intriguing. But for what this one was, it was just dumb, fun cheese. They put out a uh, fucking record in January, and they're putting out a record in May? (laughs) Well, originally, Van Weezer was supposed to come out first with the Hella Megator, uh, uh, the Hella Awesome Megator, yeah. with Green Day and Fall Out Boy, but because it was delayed, that ended up getting pushed back, so OK Human was released first, in which it's kind of awkward kind of going from OK Human to Van Weezer, but mm-hmm. <laughs> point, point being, I would recommend OK Human over this one, but both records have their place. They're having like they're having like an Anderson Pock here, just dropping records after record after record. Fuck. You must wonder like what goes through these record like labels' heads at this point. They're just like, I don't fucking know how to release shit anymore. There's no more tour or anything. Just drop them all. Like fuck it. I need money. 
<laughs> it's Weezer, goddammit. Just drop something. I don't give, give me a my fuck. Money. I, just, like... I just love the idea of Weezer fans like, oh my god, the last record came out three months ago. What are you going <laughs> to drop something new already? <laughs> oh, believe me, from, as someone who is deep in the Weezer community, I don't think that is usually a thing. <laughs> but the other record i wanted to shout out before we get into the boston's one is a scarface or czarface and mf doom came out with a new record called super what and of course mm -hmm. uh rest in peace mf doom this was i think one of his last contributions um but this record was a fantastic less than 30 minute hip-hop record straight to the point old school boom bap shit lyrical mm -hmm. shit it's some good shit check out this shit all right bryce we're on to you because i know we're going to be discussing probably the new uh andrew wk single and boston's let's go i'm actually going to go through a few i the week was much bigger than i thought it was because you had a list of things that i didn't even know about uh but i have a small list of things i'm going to go through the singles first before we get to the boston's record we'll talk about it in a minute half mm -hmm. past two southern california sort of uh lighter ska pop uh, band uh, released a, a single this week called Some Nights that's pretty good. Very female, vocal-led, uh, kind of uh, fun, uh, airy, summery, Orange County-type ska punk stuff. Um, really enjoyable. Uh, Andrew W.K. released the second single from his forthcoming album, God is Partying. Um, so good. It's... Uh, I. Uh, it's it's really interesting because he's dropped two singles now. He dropped Babylon like a week before we started this show. Yeah. Um, and Babylon, I think, is fucking unreal. This mm -hmm. one, I think, is a little weirder as a single. Yeah. Um, there's Well, he is on Napalm Records now, so it is going to be much more metal-centric. But the fact, what he's doing with that so far, I'm just like, this is fucking great. The whole <laughs> record is, if you're an Andrew WK listener, it's much darker than I think even even i expected than anybody yeah. would have expected it's it's i have his going dark i have his last record on vinyl so yeah trust me i know the contrast is is very much there <laughs> it's pretty yeah it's pretty huge uh and i loved uh that last record um mm -hmm. you're not alone i think I is, is uh spectacular and has a bunch of tracks on it that i'm like uh you know and sean and i had been fans for a long time and his response to it was he was like this is like um like uh, early Queen uh, records, where you're like they're they're like they're finding it, but they're still really trying to figure out what the right balance is. He's like, this is like a night at the opera, where you're like, oh, they fucking figured everything out, and mm -hmm. here's this sort of fully formed idea. Um, and I wouldn't say that's so much with Andrew WK's record. Every every record that he's put out has like a different kind of flavor and idea behind it sort of musically not so much like there's a big store uh, or a big uh, lore story behind it or whatever necessarily but uh yeah. in terms of like musically what he's shooting for it's like a different deal um yeah. and this one seems to be the the really dark record yes <laughs> and heavy and, i'm and, all for it <laughs> and both of both of the uh both of the videos have been super weird and both of the songs have been uh super uh heavy i haven't watched him. the videos yet i've just listened to the songs and both of them they're, i enjoyed they're heavily. really bizarre uh frank turner put out a new record this week uh, a new uh uh not a uh, record but um single this week called the gathering uh which is uh, a song he's been playing since or pretty early in the pandemic when he was doing stream shows it's a song about uh how great it will be 
when we can finally be together for live shows again. It's a little navel gazy, um, and uh, but it's a uh, kind of a harder, rockier track from him, and I'm sure it will be wonderful live. He's got a record coming out at some point soon uh, because he won't shut up about it. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll, we'll see Marketing. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's Frank Turner. That's the those are, the wheels keep turning for that. But let's talk about the new Boston's record, man. We've had roughly a week with it. Uh, not really a week, but it came out. Um, I got it like Thursday night. Um, I want to say maybe when maybe Wednesday night last week, um, and it dropped on Friday. So um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts about it, Greg. I personally liked it quite a lot. Um, the direction of this record was a bit interesting. I think it's a little bit bloated. The 15 songs, I think you probably could have cut maybe like just a couple tracks out. There were a couple like just kind of what you would expect Boston's kind of songs, especially in the center there. But yeah. I did like a lot of the sort of almost Heartland rock influence on some of these tracks. Like, like, this is almost like if E Street Band decided, you know what, let's do ska. And that's what a couple of the songs that sounded like that, I'm like, this is brilliant. There's pedal steel guitar on a, on a couple of tracks. Like, incredibly weepy country pedal steel. Yeah, and like, just normal piano, not like organ. Uh, right. Like regular piano is just laced throughout a lot of this record. And I'm like, this is fucking great. Oh, yeah, boy. there's a I lot think, of. Kinda... I think I like it. I think I like it a little bit more than the last record. And it's I like, like the boys are starting to get a little it. older here all of a sudden. <laughs> it's no, cool. and, and that's very present uh, throughout the the lyric uh, set. The lyrics are actually. I mean, Dicky uh, as a lyricist is like super underrated. He has a lot of really smart mm. uh, uh, tricks up his sleeve as a lyricist. Yeah. This is definitely one a... of the sharpest lyrical records out of the entire Boston's catalog. I will give it that. Just like with while we're at it, I I think musically with that record, I liked it, but I would have preferred maybe a little more distortion, a little more energy. So now with that kind of coming back into the Boston's uh, sound in a slightly different direction and with the sharper lyrical direction that Dickie's been going in as of like Magic of Youth and even Pinpoint's Gin Joints, I think has some great lyrical moments, too. Like this is. I'm not sure I'd put it in top five, but it's close. Uh, so there's like two eras with the Boston's and they're like incredibly traceable. There's the pre hiatus era and there's the post hiatus era, the yeah. pre hiatus era being devil's night out through jackknife to a swan. Mm -hmm. uh, the post hiatus era being pinpoints and gin joints to now. Um, and there are, almost completely different bands in the ambition that they have post hiatus Boston's they've written maybe, maybe two songs that I would consider like high energy rippers uh, yeah. in the last 10 years. Like they just don't make those songs anymore. Whereas that used to be kind of the thing that they did that was different yeah. than everybody else. Right. Yeah. Post hiatus. Um, they're not really ska core anymore. They still have the ska punk edge, but it's just, in a slightly different vein, more accessible. And, uh, Dickie's like fucking 56 and shit, you know? He doesn't like, want to like, scream anymore. You, like, I've, get... I've talked with Joe. I've talked with Joe about this. Like, hey, yeah. so why is, like, Dickie not yelling or, like, doing his gravel on some of these stuff? He's like, 
dude, he's 50. He doesn't really want to do that anymore. I'm like, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's he's old. You know, you get to a point you don't want to do that anymore. And so I understand that. He does that that a couple times on this record, though. He does. But but it's just for, like, the background, like, ah! Like, not really doing that. Generally, I agree with you that the thing that was missing from the last record for me was uh, it never really felt like it hit fifth gear. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like it it played really comfortably, really nicely, really sweetly in the gears that it was willing to go in. But, uh, you know, uh, music and any form of entertainment needs like an element of, of danger and surprise and feeling like mm-hmm. it could go somewhere else. And I felt that was mostly absent from the last record. Like it was pretty clear where they were going to operate in and moments where it felt like they really could have like pushed it into something really amazing by just busting into that next gear. They choose not to musically Um, because that's not what they want to make anymore. And I get that this record felt like it had a little bit more of that. I don't know if that is the influence of original guitarist, Nate Albert coming back to do the record or not. Um, Or with Hellcat records, uh, it was the guy from Rancid producing, right? Or am I Tim Armstrong, am I, Tim Armstrong yeah. producing with Ted Hutt. Ted Hutt's done all their post hiatus records. Yeah. Um, but Tim Armstrong is an influence on it, and he can be relatively felt. And I'm, I'm sure there were moments in the studio where it was like, it would feel really good if we just, just a little more, just a little yeah. more. Um, and I think that they mostly get there lyrically. I think the song ha- the the album has some really, really amazing tunes. The first single, um, I don't believe in anything. I think does this really amazing Randy Newman turn. And I would love eventually to ask Dickie about this, if this was the intent behind it, because you spend the whole song from the perspective of somebody who is just uh, eating out of the political garbage train that is Fox news. Um, And it's just uh, uh, talking uh, about all of these, uh, you know, I don't trust anybody and everything's a big conspiracy or whatever. And then he gets to the bridge and the bridge is the place uh, where he so, he sort of comes out and says, uh, uh, you know, uh, points a finger at this person and being like, don't don't be like this. Uh, right. Uh, which is a Randy, yeah. Randy Newman does that on like 15 different songs that he has, like, like yeah. Rednecks is that. And and uh, short people is that right? short people. He's saying these outrageous things the whole time he gets to the bridge and. Uh, it immediately is like, don't fucking be like this <laughs> about people, uh, you know, and don't be the asshole I'm portraying. <laughs> right. I particularly loved uh, that uh, Dickie started doing like character perspective songs like Randy Newman does on this yeah. record. And I was like, oh, that's really cool because he doesn't so much do that so often. Yeah. Um, God, what what songs from the record did I really do? Because honestly, I think this is probably the best post hiatus record that they've done. Just I think with the exception of Pinpoints, which has a special place in my heart, I think this is ac- the best thing they've a- done. Actually, in Magic of Magic of Youth is in my top five, so technically mm-hmm. that's a lie. But this would be mm-hmm. my second favorite of the post-hiatus ones because it has the consistency that the last record had that I enjoyed. But I also agree with you that the energy could have been you know, more in that record. Yeah. Where here, it has that consistency. It has the sharp lyricism. And the energy, while channeled in the more stadium rock, heartland style direction in some songs, I think was done exceptionally well. Yeah. So I think, yeah. uh, I think this is easily probably my sixth favorite Boston's record. It's not quite top five. <laughs> Devil's Night Out is going to be a little bit hard to 
bridge out, but I mean, yeah. it's close. Yeah. And it's they, like by like a percent. They like, um, you know, it, it's they're on the, it's the 11th record, right? So they're in the same yeah. place Weezer is now where it's like, they're playing with the house's money at this point and just like make whatever you want. Um, yeah. and, and make something that you like, like, you know, there's a pressure on you sort of early on in your career, I think to kind of be like, uh, let's make something that is, uh, indicative of, of what we want to be and indicative of our legacy and stuff like that. I think yeah. once you get to album 10, album 11, it's like, do whatever you want. guys. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it's, it's like, at this point, you're kind of a legacy band. You can do right. literally whatever you could literally put out, uh, let's face it. Part two, if you wanted or, or fuck, even though I probably wouldn't like it, you could do a pay attention part two and people would be sure. like, I want this. Right, right, right. Like my um, favorite tracks on here were like Decide, Mo honestly, like the first three tracks just right in a row were fantastic. Um, Of course, Killing a Georgie part three. I think that actually has grown on me to be the favorite single just because of how weird the Heartland Rock fusion is mm -hmm. on there. Um. You had to be there. When God Was Great, the title track, I like it, but I kind of laughed a little bit when I first heard it because it kind of sounds like it would be perfect for like a 90s sitcom. <laughs> like it can... uh, my favorite track from the record is Lonely Boy. I think that's a, a spectacular sort of softer track. I also liked Lonely Boy. I think my favorite track actually is I Don't Want to Be You because mm. it's like right before the, the final parade, which is kind of like the nice end credits type of song to the record. Yeah. Yeah. But I Don't Want to Be You has that Heartland style thing. Like, it really reminded me of E Street Band in mm -hmm. doing, like, ska or something. And I, the more the chorus, like, just built toward the end, I'm like, this is amazing. I want to hear this live. <laughs> right. And hopefully, I will soon. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully, we'll see a throwdown this year. I don't know. They've been talking. They've been they've been hedging their bets on whether or not it's going to be this year or 2022. But I think everybody has been. So, uh, yes, we took a lot of time on that new Boston's record. Uh, it's a moment uh, for, for me, especially. Uh, but uh, I, I really do uh, like the record. I really do recommend the record. I think. As do I. Um, volume six of the Rock of Shame podcast, 311. Um, I'm going to read the rundown here from Wikipedia. Uh, 311, pronounced 311. Uh, it's an American rock band. <laughs> I I understand why that's there. They don't want people to be like, "Oh, you love that band three one one? Oh, you like three hundred and eleven? Yeah. <laughs> it's an American rock band from Omaha, Nebraska. The band was formed in 1988 by vocalist and guitarist Nick Hexum, lead guitarist Jim Watson, a member briefly before being replaced by Tim Mahoney in 1990, bassist Aaron Peanut Willis, and drummer Chad Sexton. Uh, nice. In nice. In 1992, Doug S.A. Martinez uh, joined to sing and provide turntables for 311's later albums. 311 has released 13 studio albums, two live albums, four compilation albums, four EPs, and four DVDs. After a series of independent releases, 311 was signed to Capricorn Records in 1992 and released the albums Music, 1993, and Grassroots, 1994, to moderate success. 
they achieved greater success with their 1995 triple platinum self-titled album, which reached number 12 on the Billboard 200 on the strength of its singles Down and All Mixed Up. The former of which topped the Billboard Hot Modern Rock tracks in 1996. The band's next three albums, Transistor, 1997, Sound System, 1999, and From Chaos, 2001, were also successful, with the first going platinum and the last two going gold. Their 2004 compilation album, Greatest Hits, 1993-2003, to 2003, was also certified platinum. The band's most recent studio album is 2019's Voyager. As of 2011, 311 has sold over 8.5 million records in the United States. The band's name originates from the police code for indecent exposure in Omaha, Nebraska, after the original guitarist for the band was arrested for streaking. <laughs> I don't know why this is included in a rundown. but <laughs> I'll, I'll admit I didn't know that part of the history, so at least we know an origin. Fucking uh, Nebraskans. <laughs> Drew, it was your week. It was your pick. And so I want you to start on your week with 311. First of all, I want to say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you better be. <laughs> that was definitely for, for, I believe it was Greg who listened to all of the albums. That's a grueling task. <laughs> um, so... I guess, yeah, so Rundown, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> 311 is not horrible, in my opinion. In fact, there's some things in it that I was like, yo, like what? Um, mostly coming from the instrumentation. Uh, and some singing parts were really good. I think that I was just a little too young to really get locked into that rap rock shit. Um, and also the pseudo reggae stuff that like a lot of white people were doing. Like, so like when someone's like, Hey, do you like slightly stupid or revolution? Cause I do like, I do like sublime like quite a bit. Um, like actually like definitely a guilty pleasure sublime. I love sublime. Um, but when people are like, yeah, like you, if you like sublime, you must really like slightly stupid or like revolution. And I was like, pepper, no, pepper's I, another one. I, yeah. Like I hate those bands. I hate the <laughs> like fucking hippy dippy, like fake Rastafarian white dude stealing reggae music. But here's the thing though. If I had to pick like three is going to be over those other two. All day, 100%. Because they incorporate the hard rock side into it a lot of the time when they're doing this reggae thing. So it's not like they're trying to like be all jaw and like fucking whatever. It's like they're taking an influence of reggae music and incorporating it into what they're doing. And there's like a bunch of cool like, I mean, like the rhythmic stuff that they're doing, like the rhythm section to me, I'm like, whoa, like, holy shit, like really good job. Like, especially the earlier stuff when they were more, I felt like they were more experimental with their earlier stuff. Like, they they took more risks, which I respect a lot of. Um, what did you listen to? Uh, I, I listened to a lot, actually. Um, I mean, for me, at least. 
So I listen to music. I listen to Grassroots. I listen to 311's self-title. I listen to Transistor. Um, I skimmed Sound System. I listened to From Chaos. I listened to Don't Tread on Me. Um, and then I listened to the 311 Live album. I listened to Voyager. Um, and I listened to Stereolithic. So I missed um, Universal Pulse, Uplifter, Mosaic, and most of the sound system. And Evolver. I didn't listen to Evolver either. Um, but yeah, like I listened to well over like half of their discog. And like I, I definitely took some time listening to their newer stuff too. I didn't get bogged down with too much of the kind of middle to later stuff. Just because I felt like I got a pretty good taste of what I needed to hear from that with the album Voyager and like, like just touching on stereolithic. I was like, okay, I can kind of see how we got to Voyager. It makes sense sort of. Um, but yeah, I'm going to start with the early stuff. Like the early stuff for me, um, I, I didn't have too tough of a time with, um, just because of like, I mean, so like there's some jazzy stuff going on. Like they're picking a lot of really crazy progressions and stuff and some of their stuff. It's just, it was fun because like for me, I am obsessed with crossover genres. Like even if it's risk taking and there's stuff that like I cringe at, like I respect the shit out of anybody who's willing to go against the grain and 311 like has been ridiculed for very obvious reasons. (laughs) Um, And like, Mm -hmm. but they're unapologetically 311. They're like, we're not going to change guys. Sorry. Like we're going to be 311. You know, um, it's like the same I will agree una- with that. It's the same unapologetic mentality of other groups that are loved to be hated, like Insane mm-hmm. Clown Posse or like uh, the Grateful Dead or like, you know, whatever. Like there's like groups like this that are loved to be hated, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. like 311's in that boat and they're like, yeah, sorry, we're just going to keep kind of just doing what we love and what we know our fans like, too, uh, because... You know, if you don't want to be a part of this party, you want to make fun of us, that's fine. Like, we're having a really good time here. Right. And I like that, you know? Like, you know, I, I'm, like, I still would probably vibe out to, like, the song Amber or something like that because it's a good fucking hook. Like, that song's really awesome. And, like, when I was younger, um, what was that last one on that album that was, like, kind of a mood? Um, which, which album was it on again? Um, From Chaos. From chaos, yeah, yeah, um, the "I'll Be Here a While" song like has like a little bit of that ska thing, and like mm-hmm. I think like for sure, from chaos is probably my favorite album. Um, like it has the pop music aspect to it, so it's catchy, like for sure. Um, I like the mixture of like their earlier stuff with like the hard rock mixed with like reggae and kind of surprise change ups and stuff. I think they do a really good job of making like their heavy stuff pretty accessible to like the hippy dippy people. And like, I feel like this honestly, like 311 could be a bridge to getting like the kind of more like pot smoking, like hippie, like don't crush my vibe people and listening to more like metal and like punk rock and shit like that because they kind of have like that bridging sort of vibe to them. Um, so that's all the nice stuff I got to say about them. Um, overall, <laughs> it's super predictable. Uh, like when it comes to like their formats overall, 
like they don't really stray away from their sound, so to speak. And I think like there's not a lot of screaming, like there's not a lot of like so basically my biggest pet peeve is like the vocals in a lot of their stuff. And it's also mm-hmm. sometimes really nice. Like with some of their stuff it works super well. A lot of their stuff, I don't like the whole run DMC Beastie Boys thing they're doing that much, like for me. Like it really just rubs me the wrong way. Like I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is not fun for me to listen to. Like I just it just doesn't do it for me. Um like also like when they get really heavy, sometimes it works kind of well. Like it kind of gives me a little bit of that kind of like like hippie like metal vibe, like you know, like with like Mastodon or something like that, where it's like it, it like has good vibration kind of sounds to it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it just like the vocals work well with it, whether they're not like super abrasive, it's definitely more accessible, I guess, for people who are trying to get into heavier music and stuff like that. But sometimes I'm just like, bro, can you just like yell like once, you know? Like, it's not a lot of animation going on here, yeah, for this high energy that the band is playing behind you. You're kind of just either rapping like some fucking goofy ass fucking MC. Or, you know, you're just singing all kind of mellow over this fucking dope heavy part that I'd love a little more animation in. So that kind of shit really irked me a bit. Like, I wanted more energy out of that. And I, that's, that's, their, that's their creative choice. And that's fine. Um, but, yeah, man. Like, it definitely annoyed the shit out of me. And, like, also, um, like, with their n- newer stuff, like, especially that Voyager song. Like, that intro song, bro, like, I don't know, like, you guys were trying to do some, like, weird, like, try and make live instruments sound like, like, it's gonna be, like, a dubstep song or some shit, like, and it's just not. (laughs) Uh, It was such a weird risk for them to take, and I respect the fact that they're, like, staying true to who they are by just taking risks, but, hey, man, sometimes you take a risk and you lose it all. You know, and like, I don't think there was like much critical acclaim to that album from my recollection. I don't remember anyone going like, hey, man, did you hear that 2019 311 album, bro? Like, (laughs) so, I mean, they're definitely just making it for their fans at this point. Kind of like how we were talking about with like the Boston's like, I'm sure they're not trying to like acquire new people into their fucking thing uh, or whatever. But boy, like it was just like so. The beginning of that album after the intro song, though, I got to say some fun shit. Like, I I would say overall, 311 is a super fun band. Like, if you are, if you don't have a care in the world, nothing's really bothering you. Like, I can listen to some 311 and maybe even, like, move around a bit to it. Like, for maybe a song or two. Um... (laughs) And then after that, I'll be like, okay, can we listen to something else? Maybe? Like, <laughs> you know, it'll be great. Uh, and Scooby said, they're a fun band, uh, but life's not that fun. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing I think that was hard for me too. It's just like, they try really, really, really hard to have all just positive vibrations. And it's kind of like a rebel without a cause. You know what I mean? That's the issue I have with 311, I think too, aside. like That's like the statement aspect of it for me. Like, they're not really they're from Nebraska. Like what the fuck happens in Nebraska that's like adversity. You know what I mean? Like you you're not really standing for much except for just like vibing out. And I like right. I could imagine that there's not really much else you do in Nebraska except for fucking vibe out. Like right. you right. know, like there's not really you just get really stoned and you vibe out. Like that's just like what you do in Nebraska. Maybe grow some corn. Who knows? I have never really 
been there. I don't really know anybody from Nebraska. Like, if you're from Nebraska and you're hearing this right now, what do you guys do? Like, what's going on there? Why do you have 311? Drew, you know what Drew, I mean? Drew, Drew, I'm going to take it from you at this point. <laughs> yeah. So that's my take on 311. Like, basically, after listening to them for a week. I'm confused. I kind of get it. I kind of don't. I wouldn't right. say it's necessarily for me. Yeah. Bryce. I, I had a fascinating week with 311 fascinating is the word i would use uh i listened to music from 1993 i listened to grassroots from 1994 i listened to 311 from 1995 transistor from 1997 sound system from 1999 from chaos from 2001 evolver from 2003 don't tread on me from 2005 uh and then i tapped out Um, oh wow yo by the way don't tread on me really fast What's going on, guys? What are we What are we trying to say here? I'm really confused. You're using a libertarian thing. Like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, uh, I don't, uh, I don't want to know. I don't. I'm so confused by that album and like that song. But, it didn't so even I... say anything. It just was like, vibey, dude. Like, so... what? Don't trip on me, man. I'm vibey. I didn't make it through the whole catalog. I would have liked to have made it through the whole catalog. I didn't for three very big reasons. First, Resident Evil 8 came out this week, and I wasn't going to listen to 311 while playing Resident Evil. Uh... <laughs> imagine, though! Imagine! Imagine playing Resident like killing zombies and listening to the most vibey, good energy man type music while you're blasting zombies' heads off. Uh, running Holy around fuck. a castle, running away from this tall lady who wants to kill me, you know, with fucking <laughs> fucking Amber in the background or whatever. Or sit on me, happen. maybe. Who right. knows? Mm. <laughs> sure. It's all a mystery. Um, and uh, so that was one reason. New Boston's record came out. That's kind of like a big thing for me, big Boston's guy. So I listened to that a bunch. Uh, and then also, by the time I got to Don't Tread on Me, um, Here's what I will say generally about 311. I have never been more absolutely confused by a band because on paper, I should fucking adore this band. Uh, It's a fusion band of every kind of music that I like and none that I don't. It's reggae, it's hard rock, it's uh, old school rap. It's, you know, like it's, it's exclusively shit that I like. But the writing is so not good um, that it doesn't matter. Um, and and that was the big thing that let me down. Not just the vocal thing where I agree with Drew where I, I don't know. The vocals seem to be like singing a different song than the musicians are playing. Um, or maybe he sang to like just the guitar part with no distortion on it. And then they just added all the other layers. I don't know what's going on, but he doesn't seem to be on the same level of intensity as the rest of the group. But beyond that, the writing of the songs... Almost every single song they've ever written is ostensibly the same song. Like people, uh, people like talk shit about like ACDC and bands like this for, oh, they just write the same song over and over again, bro. Listen to 311. Uh, because I was so blown away by the fact that I was like, God, all of these are like kind of droney minor key things. 
um, that they're going to get to the chorus and it's going to be this guy just kind of like through the fucking chorus or whatever um, through the entire catalog. And it never like there's not one song where it was like, oh, a big major key chorus. That's cool. You guys never done that before. Um, it just it, like and granted, I only got to 2005, so maybe in the late career they fucking figure that out. But I was like, I've listened to eight albums and most of these songs. Other no, no, no. They don't. They don't. They don't figure it out. <laughs> and so I'll get more into detail on that in my segment. Don't you and, fucking worry. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I, I also watched 25 minutes of a live set on YouTube because everyone's like they're an amazing live band. They seemed fine. Uh, but it's important to know, I listened to all of these albums uh, uh, sober as a bober, you know? Uh, so maybe that's part of it. Uh, but I mean, from... I'm sure it's like, it's all fun, like, you know, going to a live show because it's like, I'm sure it's partly the crowd too. Like, sure. You know, like people sure. who are really excited and like also, you know, like it's, it's, their music is fun, you know, so yeah. it's a fun show, obviously. I for me it was best best of intentions, but just the songwriting is where it fell apart for me. Like almost entirely. And 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 I found when a song would come on and I was like, whoa, this one's actually pretty good. I would I would go back to their Spotify page and it would be one of their top 10 songs. Like people generally yeah. agree what the good songs are. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And everything else seems really forgettable to me only from like a songwriting perspective too. Like if they were just given more interesting melody work somewhere in there, cause I don't have a problem with uh, the old school rap thing. I just don't think they do it in like an interesting way. Um, and so for me, the biggest story of the band is like really cool ideas in terms of what they want to do for sound ideas that should be right up my alley. But the writing is so kind of like uninteresting in the way that it approaches those sounds that it doesn't it didn't do anything for me um, to the point where I didn't even write down like what my favorite songs were for this band, because just like just read the top five on Spotify. Yeah, That's just go to the my top five on Spotify. Yeah, that's mine too, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked those songs. Um, that was generally how I felt about 311 uh, throughout the week. Uh, and I wish I could have finished the whole thing, but after Don't Dread On Me, I was just like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Same way Drew last week with Meatloaf uh, after the 80s was just like, I think I'm done, dude. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just got to throw in the towel, brother. Yeah. It just, it really, you know, there's only, there was only so much time I could find to it because I would find myself like sitting down to start an hour and being like, okay, uh, here we go. Um, and it's, you know, it's exactly what I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> and it really it it, bu it bummed me out because it was like uh it was like watching a, a cook deliver uh, a meal to a table and it's under seasoned every time and like it's so close to being fucking great it's so close to being great <laughs> and it's just like the the writing is just not there for them unfortunately i felt anyway i don't know how you felt about it greg all right it's my turn isn't it all right <clears throat> go get him tiger yeah fuck this band <laughs> this Holy honestly was shit. this was suffering um in 
pretty much I will sum up my thoughts on each album here because I apparently I'm a masochistic dumbass because I don't know when to stop. <laughs> so I, no, I had the same thing where I, I it's like unspoken competition we're here where I'm like I gotta listen to all of it so I can be the fucking most informed guy. <laughs> It was only this week where I was like, I can't. I can't anymore. Oh, yeah. I can stop anytime. I'm like, I don't like this. Then I just don't, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry you're not like that, but I am. I'm like, I, just, I don't like I this. only listened to each album once because that was all I was going to sit through. I made a playlist of the three most tolerable to semi-enjoyable tracks of each album. I posted it in the Discord, so uh, that's mm -hmm. something I'm going to be doing every single week for people. Uh, join the Discord tinyurl.com slash rock of shame yeah join the discord but um yeah the first two records are absolutely zero out of ten they were annoying as shit <laughs> i could not stand their fusion because the main issue i have with a lot of especially early 311 is that their fusions aren't really even that good they have the obvious reggae Mm -hmm. the funk metal funk rock alternative rock and rap but it sounds like they have all the influences but don't know how to mesh them or transition them in a way that makes it sound good or interesting and the first two records are just exemplified of that it made it intolerable to listen to it from front to back but i did <laughs> and i hated myself for it the self-titled record I would give maybe a 1 out of 10, because at least Down was on it. Mm -hmm. The only time where I'm like, okay, there's a glimmer of hope here. Um, uh, which, funny enough, I actually didn't add on to the uh, playlist here. But uh, I suppose a couple of our songs were alright. Uh, Don't Stay Home and Sweet. When there was more singing than rapping, I was able to tolerate it a bit more, which was probably why I gravitated more toward those songs. Um... Transistor was where I was sort of intrigued by the experiments that they were doing because they incorporated a little bit more of like a space rock kind of atmosphere on a lot of the songs. They were adding a lot of different instrumentation to the mix that was kind of interesting, even mm -hmm. if not always executed well. But at least that record, I was kind of like, oh, they have some decent to good songs on here, like Beautiful Disaster. I actually like that song legit yeah i think the riff was good the singing actually meshed with the heavy riffing well even if it was you know his more monotone lower singing but it actually everything meshed the riff was solid the transitions were good the main issue i had with that record was that it was bloated it was 22 tracks and about maybe a third of the record what with the experimentation was decent to good and then the rest were either the experiments didn't quite go well or they went back to the rap rock shtick that just made me go wow limp biscuit gets way more shit than they deserve i agree <laughs> i have always thought that no fred durst super annoying but the yeah. instrumentation and the writing on limp biscuit is fantastic well, you know what's funny the other thing you know what's funny really fast about fred durst is that he's actually become quite the fucking cool kid like in his older age <laughs> like yeah. dude like he's funny he like totally acknowledges that he was a a bit of a fucking 
lunatic at one point. <laughs> he has a beard now, like a big bushy white beard. And you know he likes skateboarding. Like watch, watch. He likes. He's, ha- he's having. He's having that Stevo like. No, 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 no. He doesn't skate. He just. He just. He like tips his hat to good skaters. No, I just. I just mean like... that. I just mean that he's become like a reasonable person in his. No, he still is. He's still kind of like. Yeah, I'd like to her with like Limp Biscuit. You know what I mean? Like he's like. <laughs> he'd still do that shit. Like and like anytime someone's like someone says anytime someone's like dude I love Limp Biscuit he's like. Thanks, dude. Appreciate you. Like, but he's just like, oh yeah, he's just chilling. You know, he does those funny TikTok videos and shit a little bit. You know, like Fred Durst is on TikTok. Yeah. Oh boy, and he's on Instagram too. And most of the time, when he posts on Instagram, it's just like specifically just pictures of like a station wagon that he likes a lot in different <laughs> colors of it with the wood grain. He's just really fascinated in this one car, and he'll post different pictures of that same car, but in different colors and like maybe different rims on it. And he's just, like, really into that. Like, and he'll just post them. And, like, it's his Instagram. Like, his personal page. <laughs> That's great. I'm actually going to... I'm going to go follow him at the end of this. Yeah, dude! <laughs> Seriously, I have been, like, very close to, like, Fred Durst's, like, social media activity as of, like, the last three or four years. It's, like, a... It's a little guilty pleasure of mine. It's just, like, Drew, like hey, Drew what's Peak, Fred up to you these days? You know what I mean? Drew Peak just coming out of the woodwork to defend... <laughs> <laughs> to defend a, a fucking Fred I'll tell Durst. you one thing uh, though. No, uh, but I will want to. I do some dumb shit in his past, like sure. instigating a riot oh, yeah. at Woodstock '99. Thanks, right. bud. Appreciate right. that. Uh, the, I think, but I wanted to say, I think the uh, the Limp Biscuit uh, gets less credit than they deserve. Absolutely, but I think also mm-hmm. people consistently compare this band to Sublime uh for kind of obvious reasons the mix is kind of decent uh no band will make you appreciate how good a songwriter bradley noel was than 311 uh who are doing almost the exact same thing except the writing isn't nearly as strong uh and you never these guys were born and raised in fucking boring ass nebraska sure but i don't know if that i don't know if that has anything to do with it as much as dude content man like growing up like in like having things to write about i get that i get having things to write about lyrically but i think it's more just like he's just a better song like his melodies are so much better uh yeah. then 311's melodies are <laughs> like, yeah. you know that like part of that comes from just influence though and culture sure. and like just like sure. that's why like a lot of good fucking artists if they don't flock to it they're from very populated areas because like you get the masses you get a lot of influence like true that's also because that's where the business is it exists in that place and yes so... of course but like <laughs> You know, like no, I don't. a lot of good shit comes out of those places. Yes, because that's where the business is. That's what I'm saying. That's where the business is. Yeah, but you have people that will move to places like that, but they will still hail to the place that they're from. You know what I mean? Some, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, going back, but going back slightly here, um, I'll transition <laughs> back. But first, uh, the first two Limp Biscuit records are actually good. The rest of which Fred Durst just becomes intolerably obnoxious after that <laughs> so you know take what you will but instrumentally i will always defend limp biscuit but back to 311 um after transistor uh wait are you saying that chocolate starfish and hot dog flavor water is not good because you can go fuck yourself <laughs> not we're not doing a limp biscuit show okay <laughs> i know but like i i am gonna die on that hill like chocolate starfish is a good album 
Instrumentally, yes. Fred Durst, no. You cannot tell me <laughs> oh, Hot Dog you, is good. Much of a generation! Like, dude, fuck you, dude. That, you cannot tell me Hot Dog is a good song. <laughs> Hot Dog is a good song. Nope. Like, it's really terrible. You're allowed to be, like, you're allowed to not like it, but I'm telling you, man, it is a fucked up world and it's a fucked up life. You know what I mean? <laughs> a fucked up kid with a fucked up knife. Fucked up moms, fucked up dads, a fucked up cop with a God fucked damn up dad. You know what I mean, brother? <laughs> Stop. It's the, worst, it's the worst lyric set I've ever seen, but it's so good 100%. because he delivers it so but earnestly. Like, you, he believes. Yes. Yeah, dude. He, he literally believes in that yeah, song. Yeah, it's like he really believes in it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Okay, anyway, anyway back, back to the topic at hand. Um... <laughs> 311 sound system and from chaos um they were back to the annoying end of things they were at least more consistent than the first three records but still i couldn't really tolerate them that much evolver is oh, where man. they slightly abandon the rap rock thing and go more in the radio friendly alternative rock reggae rock direction and it it becomes not obnoxious, but incredibly boring. Evolver, yeah. Don't Tread on Me, and which I can see why you stopped it, Don't Tread on Me, because that thing almost put me to sleep. That <laughs> that record is fucking ass. It truly is. Yeah, man. Um, Holy shit. Like... I just am so confused by the message, too. Yeah. Like, what are you... Like, even the... Th what are you guys even saying? Even the three tracks you know? that I was okay with on this record, um, Thank Your Lucky Stars, Frolic Room, There's Always an Excuse. Like, instrumentally, I was okay with them. There were, like, good moments in those songs. But the melodies, the vocals were just boring. Just nothing really kept my attention without you know really having to dissect the instrumentation like there has to be something good here there has to be something good and i think it specifically doesn't stand up to binging is the thing i th i think it is specifically like uh, going through and like being on this the next album it was like oh it's the ex it's it's almost exactly the same as the last yeah and, and mind you i broke the in i broke this down to like the first day I listened to 311, I listened to the first four records. And then the next day, I would listen to the following three. And then the next day, I would listen to the following three or four. Like, I didn't, like, binge all right. of it immediately at once. I would have slammed my head against the wall. <laughs> and then thrown myself on the floor. But the after Uplifter, which was a slight step up, the rap rock kind of comes back a little bit more and it annoys the shit out of me again. But instrumentally, it was a little bit brighter. I think the production was a little bit more interesting. Um, their 2010 onwards record, they kind of experiment slightly a little bit with electronics and a little bit back to that space rock kind of feel of Transistor, but more because the production allows them to, um, and much more digitally. And, I don't know, the, the first two records of the 2010s were okay, they obviously weren't my thing. The rap rock really came back again, which just made me almost skip the songs entirely. But again, masochistic dumbass, listened through them. Uh, honestly, one of their worst records was uh, Mosaic, because that was when they deliberately tried to... Because occasionally on the radio, there's those uh, like reggae pop hits. For whatever bizarre reason, there's always that one every single year that is just like the 
I, I don't know, there were some songs on here that remind me of that one song, the Why you gotta be so rude? Sure. Pop song. Uh, uh, I'm Yours by Jason Mraz is another yep. example of a, a reggae pop song that just, it happened and then it was gone and, uh, yep. you know. Pretty much almost. But that. I will tell you one thing though, Jason Mraz live? <laughs> Let me tell you something, brother. His band that he puts together is actually cracked out of their minds good like he's so like he's jason Mraz, you know what i mean like whatever but like boy like they do crazy breakdowns and shit like he's got like crazy black like percussion drummers and like just filthy fucking musicians dude like when i saw him during his heyday and like oh my god like dude they ripped it apart like it made jason Mraz. how do you say listenable it was crazy like it was fucking nuts anyway sorry really big side note i i was dragged to see jason raz live one time and then was forced to then re-listen to him again live a second time when he opened for dave matthews band when i saw dave matthews band live one time so i've seen jason raz live twice fun fact about me I've seen this guy in live twice who is a one-hit wonder for a fucking pseudo-reggae white person song. And I kind of liked it. Actually, his earlier stuff, he did have a couple of other hits um, back in like the earliest 2000s. Um, I I can't remember what the song titles were, but... uh... He actually had a fair amount of hits in the early to mid 2000s, and then "I'm Yours" was the big one because that was his transition the to big the big one. And then after that record, he had uh, "I Won't Give Up," which was kind of a sentimental song. I liked it, but it, it's pretty fucking boring. Um, but He's not a very exciting guy. No, he is not. Which sucks because also another thing is he showboated his singing abilities live, and I was like, dude sing harder like in your songs i You're agree clearly talented at singing like what the fuck dude john john mayer incredible guitarist hardly fucking shows that on his discography at all i know i want to slap instead him he's doing that weird instead he's doing that weird singing with like marbles in his mouth shit yeah like if, if you guys are wondering what the show is going to be like on the weeks where we we don't particularly like the artist uh it's like this, this. is gonna be a <laughs> start talking about so, other music artists. so we look yeah. we look for every opportunity to talk about other basic artists. basically mosaic is complete and utter garbage um voyager is is kind of like stereolithic slightly more electronic experimentation like you said with that weird dubsteppy experimental intro that threw me way the fuck off um the rest of the record was okay for 311 standards which obviously means i'm not gonna like it the fact that i went through their entire discography it's it was not worth it it truly wasn't. You don't get anything for doing that, by the way. I know. Like, I, I'm just as much a part of this podcast as you are. I know. And I don't do that. Like, when I don't want to. I know. To. You don't have no, to do that. No, I, I get I, it. I feel like I have to, though, just because at some point in an artist's discography, I feel like maybe there's a thing of potential or, like, an album or a song that makes me go, oh, I actually could see myself liking this band or this artist if they were in more of this direction more consistently or something like that. But in the case of 311, 
I could make one album of theirs out of the all the songs that I liked out of the 13 total albums. And you still wouldn't like it very much. <laughs> exactly. I would still only rate it maybe a 6 out of 10. Uh and um, so I will say one thing for Voyager, I actually was bopping to uh, that Don't You Worry song, like that really, really, really like super poppy, uplifting reggae song or whatever that they had. That was just like, it like oh, it had this. That, that reminded me way too much of Mosaic. So I just I almost just fell asleep to it. Well, I didn't listen to Mosaic. So I only got that one song that was like that. And it had like that Michael Franci like fucking, hey, I was going today. I'll be back from around the way. It was like a, it was like a more watered down version of that. Yeah. Like, so it was like kind of fun. I was like, Hey, like, and I was outside, it was sunny and I was like working in the yard. So it's like extra fun. But like some of the stuff where it's like, don't be sad. Just like be happy. Like, just like, you know, like be grateful and stuff. I was just like, boy, if this shit came on and I was even in a slightly bad mood, I would break something. Probably. <laughs> like, I'm really glad that I was currently in a mood where I, nothing bothered me at that moment. Because, uh, holy shit, if I was even slightly annoyed and I heard that song come on, I'd be like, fuck you, 311. Like, don't tell me how to feel. My favorite like, my favorite uh, 311 song that I heard this week was All Mixed Up. And uh, I was immediately like, this song's pretty good. And then I was like, I went back to their page and it's number three on their most listened to songs. So I was, uh, you know, or, you know, Dawn would come, uh, Down would come on or Amber came on. And I was like, these are all right. And then I would be like, oh, yeah, they're in their top five. Um, almost without fail. That's what happened with, uh, with songs that I enjoyed from the albums. No, but I get where, uh, Greg is coming from because, I have that same amount of guilt about like wanting to hear everything so that I can be the most informed. Um, and were it not for trying to play Resident Evil 8 this week, I probably would have finished because I wasn't that far from the end. I was only four or five albums from uh, yeah. the end of it. Um, although I found that they got progressively longer as they went on. But yeah, for me, it's always I try to give every artist some kind of chance. Right. Even if even if I know like previous records of theirs I don't like, maybe just curiosity gets the better of me. I'm like, I don't know, a single from this actually sounded kind of decent. Let's see where this album goes kind of deal. Yeah. And in the case of this uh, podcast where we kind of do a dive into their discography, depending on how deep it goes, really depends on everybody's schedule. Right. But to me, it's just like. There's got to be a reason why people like this band. I get why people like 311 to an extent. It's just really not for me. Like, yeah. really not for me. Yeah, I uh, would say I, underst I understand that people like 311. And I understand... Yeah, if if I still smoked weed, I'd probably vibe with them a bit harder. But I yeah, don't, and I understand so. how somebody could like 311 because I understand how somebody could like music that I do not like. But uh, that said, listening through them, I was in the same boat as you where I was like, a lot of this seems like it has all of the ideas it, and it has no idea what to do with any of them. Yeah. Um. <laughs> For me, I think I'm a little bit lighter on it just because um, I have. I wouldn't say, hey, like... I was completely not. Uh, I actually think Greg is in, in the most negative category. because I am. Very much. 
like inarguably greg disliked this band like way more than we did to be fair the reason he dislikes it more than you and i is because he listened to a lot more than you and i did yeah which, which it's a, not a great uh not a great endorsement that the person who listened to the most of it likes it the least um but again masochistic dumbass <laughs> if i had to summarize 311 it would be prozac when you're too stoked actually like, yeah <laughs> like if you're too hype on shit 311 mellows you out but keeps you kind of happy you know like if you're in a bad mood please don't listen to 311 it will not make you feel any better you'll just be like oh man like these people are happy and i'm not and that makes me even more mad like but if i'm already like really stoked and they're like we're kind of happy i'd be like all right cool like amber is the color of your energy brother i think well i think if the if the melody work was better it wouldn't matter that they're happier or whatever like i don't think the tone makes so much of a difference until you factor in that like the melody work is really similar on all the songs and and kind of not there it it, it's like muzak for stoners (laughs) <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah how, how yeah. many how many slaps drew um two yeah like it would be three if there were more bangers but even their bangers are just kind of like all right man like and also like i think that this is a slightly biased one because i don't smoke weed anymore like a lot mm. of that like kind of like, I don't get really, really like, oh, then, like, when I hear because I got high by, like, Afro Man or whatever, or, like, you know, like, all that shit, like, doesn't really make me go, yeah, man, like, anymore, because I don't, like, you know, I'm sober and I don't smoke weed anymore. I mean, uh, I'm, and I, so, like, I'm, I'm straight edge, I've never smoked weed and I like Afro Man more than I like <laughs> <laughs> I think I just, like, I don't know. The reason I think it's it's a two out of five is just because even the really, really good stuff is just kind of, like I said, it's like Muzak for stoners. Like, if I was really baked, I'd probably would have given them a three out of five. But I can't method act this one because, uh, you know, I'm eight years sober and, like, I can't go smoke weed. So, (laughs) I don't know. Sorry. Like, I I mean, it's great that it's, it's for the stoners out there that, like, really want that. But honestly, too, even if I was probably smoking weed... I'd probably listen to a better stoner band. Like I'd probably go to listen to the Grateful Dead or like some jam band or something. You know what I mean? Or like I'd go listen to some like trip hop shit. Like you know, like or like actual reggae music, (laughs) or or an actual hard rock band. You know, if I'm feeling that, like Mm. like I'd probably go listen to like Mastodon. You know what I mean? Like or I'd go listen to like fucking you know like Sublime. You know. Yeah, it's just like, sorry, two out of five for me. It's not a one because they have the songs like Amber and like I'll Be Here a While and shit like that. Like I said, I'd hear some stuff. And honestly, I wish I remember the names, but there's such underwhelming songs that I wasn't like, (laughs) what's the name of that one? You know? Mm -hmm. And so um, I guess like, you know, there were times that they would do little licks or something like that. The musicians would, uh, not the singer, because the singer is very boring. Um, But there are times when the musicians would do something. I'd be like, oh, shit. Like. That was tight. Like, and they're definitely as a band tight as fuck. Like I, I'm like very impressed by what they're able to do together. 
Does um, this does this make you reevaluate that Meatloaf was also a two? <laughs> no, Meatloaf's still a two. <laughs> I I I still am feeling generous that that one was a two. It could have been a one. <laughs> Fuck Meatloaf. <laughs> like that out of hell was good, and that's the only reason it was a two. Like three eleven. I if someone was like, "Hey man, Meatloaf or three eleven? I'd be like, oh, Meatloaf, let's just listen to Bad Out of Hell. And they'd be like, oh, you can't yeah. listen to that one. I'd be like, oh, okay, okay, then 311. Like, <laughs> then 311 in that case. I... I'm not listening to Meatloaf and Lil John and a country singer. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, I, 311 for me, 311's <sighs> a one for me. Um, because uh, going by the scale, one would be bad. 311, not only, I, so I, throughout the week, I was like, this is a three. And I was like, this is a two. Um, and, uh, the biggest thing that I kept noticing is I'm like, man, even the songs that I think are pretty good here, I think are just okay. Um, in that, like, I find them less annoying than the other songs I have been listening to, but I'm not like, oh, I got to save that on a playlist or whatever with this band Uh-oh. at all i like <laughs> if i way. like you know uh all mixed up and fucking amber and and uh uh the what there's a song there's a song 311 where they just sing about how great they are as a band they're like they're three, nobody does it like 311 does it's like uh, this is the fucking awfulest shit uh but so you are I, right about that one no one does do it like you guys but i wouldn't be gloating about it well, other bands do do it like them. They just they write uh, more melodic songs. Um, I, I, so it was either, it was either this song, I think is okay, or this song actively annoys me. Like in every case, it was one or the other. Um, and it was, it was this song is okay. A, a shockingly low amount of time <laughs> through the listen through for me. It just didn't speak to me. Uh, you know, I speak uh, uh, on this podcast, uh, it's sort of discouraged being like, this band sucks. Um, but for me, uh, it's the first one to hit a one slot because I was either uh, kind of like uh, pleasantly surprised but still underwhelmed was like as good as it got. And if someone was like, what's a great 311 song? I would be like, they don't have one. Uh, <laughs> like, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it, none of it worked for me. So <laughs> I don't, uh, that's where I am on it. That's why it's a one. It's not like a harsh one. I, oh, I fucking hated this band. Like I'm genuinely afraid. So we should be allowed to do zeros for the ones that really fucking suck though. For the ones that make you very angry. Yeah, the ones that are just like, I can't do this. I can't fucking do this. And like, like, there's no, you're just like, wow. Like, technically, zero. technically, that makes it a six point scale, but I'll allow it. The other thing okay. I wanted to bring up, uh, because I, there's a movie podcast that does this sort of scaling, is that they have once a year, you are allowed to give an artist a six, but just once a year. Uh, <laughs> so that might be so something. Technically, that we're, we like, uh, we're like a six point scale with a courtesy six. I mean, a courtesy seven to that scale uh maybe we'll bring that in as well but i think you're allowed to bring in a zero uh if it if if you're feeling real strong about it really fucking sucks (laughs) 
I'm bordering that, but I would probably just give 311 a 1. Just because at least every album had at least one song that made me go, this is interesting, or even good, but it doesn't really help that, again, I can make all my favorite songs, like, my favorite track from each album into one 311 album out of their entire 13-album discography is a horrible ratio to have. Right. And even then, my favorite songs from them or the ones that I liked the most, like you said, were either underwhelming or just there. Right. Yeah. And the ones that were bad were just obvious to even worse. And <laughs> I I can't say, like, I could have 311 in the background and I'd probably be okay with it, which is the only reason I'm not giving them a zero. But... Yeah, most of my listening I did while, like, I would put on Spider, uh, Spider-Man Spider game and, like, swing around and do shit. And, like, that was, yeah. like, what I did while I listened to 311 because sitting down and actively listening to it was like, what am I doing? Oh. <laughs> yeah. And and I was moving around, working, and doing other right. things while listening to 311, too. I, I was not about to sit down and really dissect it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was... It, this week was not fun at all. <laughs> One out of five. <laughs> Fuck 311. Uh, Fuck that's, 311. That's 311 with a total score of four slaps, which is by far... <laughs> Out of 15. <laughs> By far the lowest score we've given. Uh, uh, which, you know, okay. It, it is what it is. That's how we all connected with it. I, I don't want to make it sound like it was a hit piece. We've kind of settled into this cool thing where uh, it's like somebody sort of takes the lead on making the final decision each week and so each week and we rotate and i kind of like how we're doing that so uh we did uh greg artist with meatloaf we did a drew artist with three <laughs> can we just like say that that one was actually the chat saying that and i just kind of it's your, it was your week it was your week I, buddy it, That's what it you was the, I'll, I'll take the i'll take the l on it be my week but i just want it i want it to be documented forever that i wasn't the one who said hey guys we should listen to 311 that was chat who said we should listen to 311 and i jokingly almost as a troll went guys have you listened to a lot of 311 and you guys went no and i was like me neither fuck i guess we'll do 311 <laughs> uh but so oh, it's yeah. my it's it's my week this week uh how much uh i I was thinking this week about Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. How much Joan Jett have you guys listened to? Outside of like the obvious ones that are on classic rock radio. Um, right. I know the singles. That, I don't know be, any of the albums by heart. Yeah, it'd be Bad Reputation and I Love Rock and Roll would be the big ones yeah. that are on the thing. Fun um, fact, so, Eminem sampled that song and it was fucking trash. I also thought of uh, how much Aretha Franklin you guys have listened to beyond her sort of like uh, first and foremost stuff. We haven't really done an R&B artist yet from classic R&B mm. times. I would actually be down to listen to, no offense to Joan Jett, because I do sure. like the songs I have heard. But Aretha Franklin, I think, would be a more interesting digest. I I don't know 
Um, what era was she again? Was this around the time where it's Motown era? Sort of like uh, Billie Holiday, where it would be a lot of singles and compilations. No, no, she no. would have been later. She was a she was a, a sort of a late era uh, Motown Tamla yeah. person. Yeah, seventies, eighties, sixties, sort of stuff. Maybe late sixties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like heart. Like she's kind of like heart of Motown era. I know a lot about her, and I know quite a few of her hits but i definitely have not dove into her discog either yeah i i know might, some of, cool. i know a couple of her hits but otherwise i another one another one in that same vein would be the temptations as well um oh bro i would definitely be more interested in checking the temptations out personally <laughs> not that i have anything against aretha but i feel like i, I don't know i'm more of a band guy you know what i mean like sure. i like hearing the full setup you know like I would even honestly, particularly of that time with a vocal group like them or the OJs or something like that, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, like all those. Yes, please. <laughs> not I like I said, not that I have anything against Aretha, but like I would definitely be more interested in checking out a group like that because mm-hmm. with Aretha, it's going to be a lot of hired guns for different yeah. studio stuff. Yeah, and I like I like seeing the chemistry of like. I mean that would kind of, that would kind of be the case with any Motown artist that we went with, but yeah, uh, even true. the Temptations, like the Temptations are a vocal group, and then the the guys who play on the records are the guys who are around Barry's studio at the time. <laughs> but, Fair enough. Uh, yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, but case, uh, know, but fucking... not making an argument either way. If you're more interested in, it, I could go with any of those artists. If the Temptations seem like the most obvious one, they're certainly. Uh, I don't know, maybe not over Aretha, but they're a huge name, you know. So mm. yeah, we could do we could do Aretha though too. Honestly, I'm down with Aretha. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, let's do Shouty. All right. Uh, so uh, that'll be cool. That uh, we haven't done like a Motown artist. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this wonderful adventure. We'll be back next week with Volume Seven, Aretha Franklin. Please subscribe to the show, tell your friends, share it around. Music is better with friends, as we always say on the show. But for now, and until then, your favorite band is out there. Go and find them. Peace.